Welcome to the Bad Podcast. The podcast about three Asian dudes from the Bay. Who only want one thing. Real, Real talk. talk. Welcome back to another episode of the Bad Podcast. It's episode five. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about something that I'm generally curious about and wanted to learn more about. And so I kind of use this as an excuse to, one, do a little bit more research into it. Granted that I'm still pretty confused uh, but i thought it'd be something where we could talk about and the topic is going to be cultural appropriation Ooh, sensitive i think like a big preface before we start although i did do some research i'm no way saying that like i am or we are super knowledgeable in the subject we are just three asian dudes just trying to learn and have a discussion about this topic yeah um, and you know honestly if you think we if you feel that we are wrong and just feel free to just let us know. And, you know, we're, we're just here trying to learn too. So today we're going to do things like a little differently. Um, right. I already did some research on the topic. Um, so I might skip out of this first question of the day. For sure. But how would you describe cultural appropriation to someone? Ooh, I would describe cultural appropriation as taking parts of someone's culture without honestly understanding and honoring um, the spirit of it or, or where it comes from or the history of it um, and trying to twist it in kind of like your own manner or for your own gain. Uh, that's, that's really what it, I think, at least that's what comes to mind to me. Again, I am not a dictionary and that's, you know, that may be far from the truth, but at least to me in my head, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. I would pretty much say the same thing. Those thoughts kind of came to my mind when I first thought about this question, <laughs> for some reason, the very first example that came into my mind was how they replaced the um, that sage character in Doctor Strange with that white lady. No knock uh, on no knock on that white lady. Like her acting is phenomenal. It's really good. But someone was just like, you know, even though this character is Asian, it's not good enough for them to be Asian in this movie. So let's like you know, let's replace them for our own gang because it fits better into our narrative kind of thing. And so uh, I would say kind of like a similar thought process to what Han just described for me. Yeah. And just to add on top of that too, I think that in general, I'd say that cultural appropriation tends to be when you're, when people are taking parts of a culture that are not their own. Right. So again, when you described it's like, you know, white people taking Asian culture, we've seen uh, people take black culture, things like that. So I'd say that fi I find that it's, and again, I think Asians are guilty of this too, of taking black culture and, and appropriating that as well. So for me, at least I think that it's just taking a culture that's not your own without fully understanding it and without honoring it. And so you kind of talked about like, you know, you talking about like honoring and stuff like that kind of leads to, you know, some of the questions that I had and it kind of revolves around the 2013 American Music Awards when oh, yeah? Katy Perry actually wore a kimono. I don't know uh, if you guys heard about that. No, I, I think like I loosely remember it, but I don't like, it's not like a, you know, fresh memory. No recollection. All right. Can, can I share my screen? Yeah. Let me yeah. know when you guys can see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right yeah that's a kimono just for our listeners essentially it's katie perry uh in a kimono if you look up katie perry kimono in google image search you can see what we're talking about so do you think this is cultural appropriation i mean this is pretty stark in my sense of just yeah absolutely cultural appropriation um yeah i mean i think it's for me at least it's like she's again taking what looks like japanese culture it's i mean even in, in some of the screenshots you're seeing like yellow face, right? Where she's done her makeup in a way that she has like slantier eyes. Like, you know what I mean? And to me, it just seems pretty, pretty on the nose in terms of cultural appropriation. How about you, Daniel? Yeah, I would, what I've been trying to do after, after looking up this image is 
kind of imagine in my head like all right so like what she's doing is like emulating like Japanese heritage kind of thing right and if I'm like trying to imagine all right what if she had done it to like an African heritage or what if she had done it to like you know a Chinese heritage or, or like South American heritage kind of thing I would be like oh yeah but, like it looks like cultural appropriation to me like I think it would be well yeah cut I mean, that last part to say yes yeah <laughs> no, no that's fine I, I mean so that that was this, this one was interesting to me because as I was kind of like going through on YouTube what actually prompted this kind of this episode for me mm-hmm. was because I actually I thought it was too so some guy in Japan actually asked people in Japan mm-hmm. if they thought that this was cultural appropriation Right, and no one in Japan said it was cultural appropriation. Interesting, yeah. And they actually, so they, you know, it kind of went further detail of, is it wrong for foreigners to wear a kimono? And most of them just said no. It was totally okay if they wore it wrong. You know, like there is like that education standpoint of it. Right. But you know, I just thought that it was like really interesting that like no one in, or I mean, I'm not saying no one in Japan, but like no one in this video in japan thought that this was cultural appropriation mm, and so it, 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 it kind of like led me to think i'm not saying cultural appropriation is not a like not a thing because it definitely is a thing but it, it is more or less like defined by the people right i'm going to show you another picture all right yes i was just thinking about this actually <laughs> this is like the mahjong line um which I thought was kind of interesting when I first saw this article or, you know, when it started popping up made me think. So what are your thoughts on, on this? Yeah. So for people who are listening, uh, we're talking about the, if you go to the Mahjong line.com, it's, it's from my understanding, this is when a couple of white women basically put together like an updated, uh, as they called it, an updated Mahjong set. Uh, right. And you can get like different designs and things like that and learn how to play the game of Mahjong, but like through, you know, different designs or like more colorful designs. And I think they even called it like American Mahjong at some point, right? I think in one of their interviews. So to me, this is, okay. So if we were to compare, right? In terms of Katy Perry wearing a kimono and then, you know, changing or like, you know, customizing Mahjong sets. My personal view is that on the, it would be more so on the Mahjong side than it would on the kimono side. And I'll explain why. For me, at least, uh, if you're looking at the kimono piece, like she's, not saying like, hey, this is this is my culture now. This is something that like is you know part of who I am or anything like that. Just literally, you know, she just she dressed up and she also wore what looked like at least to me a very you know sort of like typical kimono look. She didn't try and like make it slutty or didn't you know try and make it sexy in any way. You know what I mean? So she didn't like necessarily make it for her own gain, if you will. Whereas I feel like with the mahjong sets, at least the mahjong as a game is as I understand is rooted in like hundreds of years of tradition, right? It doesn't. And there's a lot of history and culture behind the game of Mahjong, right? And so for me, like updating the pictures to make them look pretty and calling it American Mahjong, to me, that feels way more like, all right, I'm, I'm taking a piece of culture. I'm trying to like switch it up in my own way and use it for my own gain. To me, doesn't feel like it's really honoring where it comes from. And so that at least to me, seems like the, the deviation between the two. So it's interesting that you show us this in this order. And I appreciate you showing us in this order because now my lines kind of change, right? Depending on kind of how extreme we're going with it. Yeah, this whole episode, I've just been trying to not necessarily focus on the one subject um, that you put on display, but kind of thinking about it in different frameworks, right? Like what if it were something else? And when I look at like the Mahjong set, I just imagine, well, what if someone from China was like, oh, we're going to take your diamonds, gloves, hearts, spades, 
and changing them to triangles, you know, sticks, uh, squares, <laughs> and and circles kind of thing because you know we don't like the way the diamond clubs hard space or whatever you know. But there is like a deep root in 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 how far back cards go kind of thing. Right. And so I think that um, yeah, in the same in the same regard, having someone kind of say like, oh, even though like you know, um, even though the suits are beautiful, like we want to change them kind of thing and and make money off of it. That to me still feels like cultural appropriation i would say yeah that's a really good point daniel and just to, to build off of that too i think what one of the things that you said and one of the things that i had to bring up earlier what i said is again it's about honoring and understanding that there are certain things that are, are rooted in history that frankly you just can't touch and i think that that's i think maybe that's gets at the heart of the root of all of this where it's like just understand that there are some things that just can't be messed with um, just because they've been in tradition or part of the culture for so long. And at what point, you know, do you take that and, and flip it for your own gain to, you know, it doesn't, doesn't actually do the honoring that I talked about in the beginning of the episode of like, it doesn't really honor where it comes from or the history behind it. You know, when I was doing a little bit of research for this one, you know, this one was the one that I initially thought was like, okay, yeah. Slam dunk, like cultural appropriation. Right. But you know, I, you know, I, I did kind of give it like some thought, you know, because like I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, to be honest, I didn't see the site before they, they kind of rebranded it. From what I was reading, they updated the page once they started getting a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of made me think on one end, right? If we just take the fact that they do want to make Mahjong more accessible or like give it some traction, give it some steam to let people know about Mahjong. I, you know, if we just take that for face value, yeah. I do think that the way that they did it was wrong. You know, like mm-hmm. some of the things that they did was like they made limited edition sets, right? which kind of defeats the purpose of making it like, you know, spreading the word of the game by making right. it limited. Right. But at the same time, as a marketer, that is kind of a good move in terms of like marketing. When you think about like Supreme and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. it makes Supreme like wanted because there's only a limited amount. I'm yeah, not saying but that. But you're getting into, I think, so just challenge that a little bit, right? I think you're getting into a uh, kind of a space where Supreme is its own brand and they build their own. I mean, there's, okay, you could probably debate that too, right? They, they've definitely like copied off of other artists and the, the logo itself is like a copy. And we, you know, we, we don't have to go into all that for anyone who's interested. Check out um, Patriot Act. Hassan Minaj does a great episode on on Supreme, but take kind of taking that aside for a second, right? I mean, you're talking about people in the case of Supreme, they're building up their own artwork and selling it as their own originals. And they take, I'd say, inspiration from here and there, but ultimately they're still building their own thing. That's not necessarily based in ethnic culture, um, maybe skate culture or things like that or different brands. But in this case, I think why it's it's wrong is that to your point, if they really wanted to spread the word of like how to play Mahjong or even just like the history behind the game, teach how to play it first, right? I mean, I think if you really want to get out there, like maybe make yeah. an easily digestible way of playing it right first, or, or like, you know, maybe teach people around the, the history of the game, right? I mean, I don't know if they do any of that on their site, frankly, or if it's just, again, to make pretty tiles that look interesting and that are fun, but not necessarily get to the root of like, hey, this is why it's been played for centuries in China, right? And this is the kind of the, the cultural meaning behind it, you know? And I, I think without that, you're really missing that connection. They do that now. I don't know if they did that before the right. rebrand. And yeah, like I totally get it. When I was doing the research for this, there was like some things you don't touch, right? Right. Which is things that have cultural meaning. For example, I think one of the things was like Native American headdresses, right? right. That might have like a strong significance for that culture that you just don't touch. This particular topic kind of made me think, right? A lot of the things that they did were wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they marked it up. 
but yeah they, they marked up the tiles but when I, when I actually looked at it looked up like you know what are some of i mean average for the masses you know mm -hmm. on the higher end it's more like 80 to like 120 dollars right for like a nice set but right. like 40 dollars for like a cheap set right so you know like definitely if you're trying to spread it to the masses i do i definitely see pricing it at 300 400 is a terrible idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> i, I think yeah. to me that the biggest trigger for me in all of this, and again, I, I can't reference the article because I don't, I don't remember where I was from, but them calling it American Mahjong, I think for me was the, really the line, right? I think it's like, it's one thing if you're saying like, hey, this is a game from China that has been played for hundreds of years. We want to bring it to the American public because we think it's fun and we think it's interesting. And I think it's, uh, you know, we want to spread that culture. Kind of the same way we did with, <laughs> I kind of, kind of bring it back to our CSA days in Santa Cruz, right? I mean, we, we, we invited people to Mahjong Nights, right? I mean, that was literally an event that we had where people could come and learn how to play the game and understand the game and understand the history of it. We didn't say like, hey, we're going to use cards and play like a version of Mahjong or, or you know, bring out the Mahjong tiles and like, oh, this is a match three game. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? I mean like, it's not getting to the spirit of, of, of the, or the history behind it. So I think the labeling it of American Mahjong is where it's kind of, for me, is the biggest trigger. Well, I am not sure if I have a thought on that yet. Still processing but I kind of have a question that I would kind of like want to turn back mm -hmm. and be like, you know, okay, what version or what, you know, what imaginary version of what they did would be acceptable as still achieving their purpose of like redesigning the tiles or whatever else, but not crossing that line into cultural appropriation. Yeah. So th that's where I was trying to get to, you know, you have like fashion inspiration um, is not just like, like, I mean, there are like hard no's, um, but then, you know, like there's certain areas where it's like, I take inspiration from it and then you adapt whatever you're creating to it. Like that was like the whole gray area that essentially keeps me from like, like what is the stance um, mm -hmm. that I have? And then for yeah. me, it's just like, it's a very fluid area where it's just like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. It's definitely a gray area for sure. Yeah. I, I think everyone has their own line. And I think if you're getting into that question, like where do we, where do I personally draw the line of cultural appropriation? Unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, I think it's always in the eyes of the beholder, right? I mean, yeah. in the sense of like, if you said something to offend me, it's not like, th there's nothing you can, I mean, there's nothing you can do to like defend that because I was offended, right? I think at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, if you're making someone uncomfortable, if you're making a whole group angry or upset, you're probably towing that line of cultural appropriation, right? I think that there's a, um, you know, I think that there are certain, like, and I've said it earlier too, that there are certain things you just don't touch, right? For example, we, we shouldn't say the N word. Like we just, it's a word, but we shouldn't say it because that's honestly, that's not us for, for us to use. Right. And it's not part of our culture. Um, in the same way, we wouldn't want, um, you know, people doing blackface, right. And because that's again, super wrong. And, and again, I'm not saying that's necessarily cultural appropriation, but I think that there are certain things like that you just can't touch. So I, I this is kind of going off the rails a little bit for me, the line of cultural appropriation it's a, okay. It's, this is obviously a very general statement because again, every situation is going to be a little bit different, but if you're honoring the history and the legacy behind whatever it is you're drawing inspiration from, uh, playing homage to it and also not specifically using it for your own gain, then to me, I feel like it's not cultural appropriation. I, I know that's very, like, again, very vague and, and I, I wish I had a harder answer, but I think that's why this topic is, is so hard, right? Because it, there are so many different definitions of it. But would you say Katy Perry wearing a kimono was in her, uh, you know? Yeah, I mean, so to, the, to that question, I would ask the question back, not to keep asking questions back and forth, but like, <laughs> was it necessary? Did she have to wear a kimono? Like, what was the purpose of wearing a kimono? That's, that's my question, right? Like, what, what was, why? Like, did she have to wear a kimono to do that performance? Or she, could she have done it in another outfit? 
I think that's where I think some of this starts to get like murky or tough, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. if she's maybe like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a situation. She's learned Japanese. She's singing a very popular Japanese song by a specific artist. She's like collaborating. And then, you know, they decide to do it sort of like together in a way that like, it's like, it all kind of makes sense. Sure. But just to like, if she's performing, I kissed a girl in a, in a kimono, like what's the purpose of that? Like why, why, right? I mean, I think that's kind of like, to me, like there, if, if there's no real reason to do that, then why even, why even take from that? I mean, in my opinion, that was like, when we get to that point, then to me, it becomes more of like, sure, it was in her fit, in her game, right? Right. M- maybe or might not be. Mm-hmm. But then the people in Japan have like no problem with it. And they actually th- thought it was cool that she did her performance as... This, this is why I come back to that same idea where it's it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? So if, if yeah. the people of Japan and even Japanese Americans, again, I don't know what, what the, like the thought was here, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, if if in Japan that they're not offended by it, then then other maybe other people shouldn't be offended by it, right? In the same way. So I, I again, I, like to your point, I think I understand where you're coming from. If people in Japan are okay with it, so then it really comes down to it's in the eyes of the beholder. If they were pissed, it's a very different answer, right? Then it's a very clear cut case. But because you're saying that like they were they thought it was cool or they didn't necessarily think it was cultural appropriation, then then again maybe it's not. So I I, I think. I don't know if that's a controversial statement, but does it, does it really come down to then as the community that you're currently referencing to, you know, if they are okay with it, then it no longer becomes cultural appropriation. Like, I think that's, that's an interesting question because in the case of the Mahjong piece, like it blew up on the internet, right? Like a ton of people were pissed about it. So I think that that to me is a very clear cut answer of like, this is cultural appropriation, right? So then how do you go about doing your research or doing your due diligence to make sure that you're not offending people before it goes out? With the Mahjong thing, mm-hmm. to me, clear cut, like what they say on their site are the words that they want you to, that they want to tell you, you know, right. like that we want to bring it, but their actions, in my opinion, don't really align. So with- so then my question, I mean, neither of you guys have answered, but I mean, so what do you, where do you guys draw the line for cultural appropriation? It's a tough one for me. Um, I've kind of been thinking about like the tiles in relation to clothes, right? And so you can redesign the tiles, even if they, let's, let's say these girls, right? Redesign the tiles with 100% complete uh, inspiration from how the tiles were originally designed, right? Let's say like, oh, we looked back hundreds of years to see like why these sticks are these certain kind of sticks and they are supposed to reflect like bamboo sticks. So we just did the same bamboo sticks, but maybe just like a little different, right? And say, and, and so it's like, okay, great. You took factual, real parts of the heritage right. and incorporate it into your design. So for me, in my head, right there, I was like, okay, maybe that's leaning a little farther away from a cultural appropriation. But when I tried to apply that same example to like what we were talking about earlier with like an African headdress and someone designed an African headdress and they took the same, you know, inspirational, you know, like designs, facts from real African headdresses, it wouldn't be the same, right? You, you, you would say if, if they designed it, it's like, that's not really an African headdress. It's right. just your redesign kind of thing. And so mm. there's there's kind of a double standard there, right? With the clothes versus the tiles. And so right. um, it's it's still like really, really murky to me. Right. Or, or really gray. You know, you, you, know, you know what I mean? No, though, right? I, I like if, you put, if you put those two headdresses together and you call them both African, that would be wrong, right? right. One of them is really African and the other one isn't. Right. Whereas the tiles, maybe you could say, oh, like both of them were inspired by Chinese culture. That could be true. Um, but still one of them is not really like, Chinese culture, right? right. So it's, right, right, right. It's, it's a little murky. That's a good point. It's yeah. funny. It's like, I answered the question, but I still don't really have an answer. Yeah, I think that's what makes it tough. In all honesty, I'm still very confused. Yeah. Uh, even though I did like half a day to a day of like 
reading into into right. this stuff but i mean to kind of like build off yim's like argument let's take mahjong thing for example right like mm-hmm. let's say in a theoretical world i don't know where they're from let's pretend they're from uh like california right they did their research but then th- instead of using bamboo they used like eucalyptus yeah eucalyptus <laughs> or like like a redwood tree because they're yeah. from california or something sure. right sure. yeah sure like something does that does that cross the line i mean is, is that inspiration like yeah yeah i kind of would say yes just in that specific example because i mean frankly when i'm like playing with my family or playing with my friends i literally call them bamboo sticks so it'd be <laughs> weird to be like you know oh let me get that bamboo stick but it's actually a redwood tree kind of thing yeah. so that's kind of like a clear cut for me but that's only for that specific example so i don't know if i'm answering the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i mean I guess, and then that I think just it's interesting because I would have a uh, um, even stricter line for me. So I think this is where it's interesting where like different people cross the line, like cross different lines. It's interesting too because I'm not I'm not Chinese, right? So I'm Korean. So like, yeah, you know, do I even have a say, right? I mean, that's the other thing too, right? (laughs) But you know, if it was me, for example, and I'm trying to do this sort of the same thing, I I made like design like the back of the tiles because that's just like flat green right i mean this in the mahjong sets that i've played with so like maybe you put your own like fun characters on the like not characters but like like your own designs on the back like you make i was just thinking about that earlier in the episode too like yeah if you just did the back is that really violating i don't know right and so i don't think it would be uh, right and and so like you you kind of leave the tiles and and the characters and and the the glyphs on them alone like you like that's the actual game you should learn how to play that game but on the back like you can put your own fun design on it right maybe maybe you started a service where you you customize the backs right where it's like you can get your 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 initials on the back or you can get like a you know like your favorite bts character on there i don't know you know what i mean like you can you can do it like maybe that's the service you then provide where it's like all right cool we want to teach you the actual game of mahjong and this is actually the actual tiles itself but we can let you customize your own set in a a more fun way that way you're still honoring like where it comes from in the game itself but you're also putting your own design twist on it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like that to me wouldn't cross a line right where it's like oh cool we've taken mahjong we want to help you you want to teach the public american public how to play the game at the same time to customize your own set or you can choose from one of our own fun designs right to me that's not crossing a line cool yeah it's like okay sorry just to like mm -hmm. kind of bring it back to like korean culture right if i were to just talk about the same thing i know it's kind of murky in the fashion world but if you know hanboks are starting to become like a big thing right because people are like korean what's a hanbok a hanbok is a uh, traditional korean um garment right garments is that the thing that is that the thing that you wear at like a wedding yeah, you, I mean, they, they have wedding specific ones, but like it's also oh, okay. just what they used to wear back in the day, right? So for women, Got it's it. really high, big skirts. Uh, and then for men, it's like kind of almost like a robe type situation with really like big hammer pants. It's a terrible description, but it's probably as close as I'm going to get. Um, <laughs> but like even with those, right? I think like if you kept the design the same, because there's, there's a specific way you're supposed to tie everything and how everything's supposed to like go. And there's like a whole tradition behind it. I think that's really beautiful. But the the fabric and the designs on the fabric, those all have all started to change. So like you still, you're still keeping the element again, like the design of it, how it's laid out and like the different ideas behind like how you, how you wrap it and how you fold it. Like those are all really important parts to wearing it in the same way with the kimono. Like there's a very specific way you put it on right now, the fabrics and, and the colors and everything else behind that have started to evolve and change with the times. And I think that's fine, but I think that the spirit of what it originally comes from that is still intact. And so to me, that, that would be something that would be, to me, acceptable, if you will. Would you be offended if, if someone wore it? No. Uh, I mean... I mean, obviously, I don't know like the context of why someone would wear it, uh, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Did they look dope? Um, no, I mean, I think... So, again, I guess... Yeah, I'm just going to wear one tomorrow. 
it's also context, right? Same thing. Like if it's like when people go to Korea, there's a um, there's one there's a palace that still stands in the northern part of uh, the city called Gyeongbokgung, and it's one of the last remaining uh, palaces in the city. And one of the some really big touristy things to do is to rent a hanbok for a couple hours, dress up like you were in the olden days, and like walk around. And that's just a big thing. And so for me, I guess in that context it wouldn't be cultural appropriation because you're literally trying to like learn the culture. You're there, you're part of it. You're like literally in Korea, like trying this on in the time period that it would have made sense. And so again, I think it's context and it all makes sense. Um, and, and it's not like, I guess. Unless you're doing yeah. it for the gram. <laughs> but I would say there's also an element of imagination too. Like when in Rome, live like the Romans, right? Right, and right, right. I right. think the point is that when you're, you know, surrounded by the palace walls and you've got the clothes on, you, you know, you, it kind of helps imagine you know, perhaps right. what life could be like in, 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 in days gone by. And so there's that element to it as well. Right. Versus like, I don't know, renting a humble in K-Town in, in LA, <laughs> like walking around that doesn't feel like it's like, oh, I'm soaking in the Korean culture. Like, no, nah, exactly. I mean, not really. Right. I mean, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. The context, context is key. Context okay. is key. Halloween in Vegas, not good. <laughs> Definitely not. Cool. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like where I land, in the in the grand scheme of like where's the line yeah i have no idea i mean yeah even after doing all this like and doing all the research it's very unclear for myself i do understand that there are certain like lines for uh, for like certain people or like for certain cultures where it's like this is like a do not cross line you know kind of like mm -hmm. to what you said um han but for me personally like i don't know to me as long as they are interested in the culture or they're paying respect or you know like it, honoring you know, like, the culture yeah honoring the culture i was just yeah. like yo this is japanese inspired yada 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 or chinese inspired you know because to me at some point like the blends of cultures for better or worse does sometimes like kind of like blossom like really cool things right like yeah. right um you know that's my what mom would... pop culture is sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but that's yeah, literally yeah, yeah. what pop culture is taking the best sometimes not always but taking the best things of some parts and, and making it popular because yeah. i go ahead like my mom would yell at me because i did this but i was playing around with like dumplings and making dumplings and then i, I made like you a made hamburger dumplings, didn't you? god damn yeah. it i knew it <laughs> <laughs> i had to um just because everyone told me not to do it <laughs> but you know it's like that was like you know and i thought it was delicious right i mean i don't think i would ever go out and sell it <laughs> right but you know you know like it kind of allowed me to like be a little bit creative and just trying to merge things oh, that, that makes me sound like a fat ass <laughs> no but I, you know what's interesting so i think I, I i'm glad that you brought that up because I, we've talked about fashion we've talked about i guess in this case um uh like a game uh in, in, with mahjong but then food is another topic right where you see a lot of this like people inspired by uh different cultures and cuisines and i think that there's that also sort of same sort of like where is that line of like where it's like cultural appropriation like if we talk about um you know like even in the city in san francisco you have sushi rito right that came i'm pretty sure yeah. it came out of san francisco where it's like it's a sushi burrito like that's in in and i could see in one world where you, someone may be really offended by that where it's like oh it's that you know, is, is, is this appropriate? Is the cultural appropriation, but at the same time too, it's not like you got like any backlash. People love it. Right. And so yeah. it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, again, really comes down to eye of the beholder. Again, I could keep coming back to that in yeah. context being key. Like somehow I, I feel like food maybe has like a little more runway or a little more leeway where people can draw inspiration from different things and mix those things. It's like fusion is a, is a whole type of even genre of food, right. Where people can fuse different types of cultures together. But like I said, I think there are, there are some things you can touch and there are some things you can't, right? I think sure. 
yeah, using in that case, like sushi, um, but like, how do you apply it to, you know, in, in a burrito type role to feed the American fat public? Um, great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's take just like a ton of rice and a ton of fish and just like slam it all together instead of like, you know, really like, like, cause when you have like fish, like really delicate, usually in a sushi restaurant, but then versus like, let's just like shove all the salmon into a giant burrito. Um, just like cram it in together. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that, that is like maybe again, more like, cool. You can have a little more leeway with it, but like there, I think there are certain things like, for example, like things that are like very unequivocally tied to that culture that are really special to that culture that are really you know, unique to that culture and then using that and twisting that. I think that that's where it gets a little bit tougher. Like Mahjong, again, hundreds of years, right? I mean, it's been, my guess, at least from what I remember about the game is that it's been around forever. So you have that. And then same thing, even with like, like, like things say, like take Chinese New Year, right? Like if, if Americans try to say like, oh, this is like American, like American Chinese New Year now, right? I'm sure there would be an uproar around that because you're like, that's so closely yeah. tied with Chinese culture and so inherently ingrained in the culture that it's something you just don't mess with. Cool. That kind of like leads us to our bad break. I guess this would be a bad question. Who do you think founded uh, the National Mahjong League? Oh, whoa. Uh, Which nation? In America. <laughs> An American. <laughs> a Chinese American, I hope? No. In 1937, a group of Jewish women formed the National Mahjong League. No fucking way which to this day strives to maintain consistency in the game, which is actually crazy because I didn't know that Mahjong was so big in the, in the Jewish community until I met my coworker and we did like a Mahjong, like, oh, we're going to play Mahjong after work. And she was, I love Mahjong. And she's like, I play like once a week with like my friends. What? And yeah, which is crazy, right? Wait, was it, was it, was, I'm, I'm going to take a swing and say, was it founded in New York? uh maryland Mar maryland. maryland what hmm. yeah oh wait no sorry oh i don't know that, that's where the jewish <laughs> sorry that, that was where the jewish heritage museum is but yeah, oh, it, was, yeah. it was like a post-world war ii thing among jewish mothers oh, that's fascinating wild i literally would never have guessed that it, yeah neither would i but again okay to, to, to kind of bring it full circle right you, you said what's their mission again i, I don't know if it's their mission but oh, yeah like in 1937, a group of Jewish women formed the National Mahjong League, which to this day strives to maintain consistency in the game. Yeah, so, so that's the thing, right? It strives to maintain consistency in the game. So to me, that's, again, you're not trying to like twist it for your own gain. You're not trying to like change how it's played. You're literally trying to keep consistency in the history and the heritage it comes from. Yeah. To me, that's really honoring where it comes from, right? They're not saying, okay, we took Mahjong and now we turn it into dominoes, right? Yeah. They're saying we... we <laughs> Right. I mean, we, we found like we found this game. We love this game and we want to maintain consistency and honoring where it comes from. To me, that is the ultimate form of really taking something that's interesting to you or, or to let you know, from the original heritage and then honoring it and, and understanding it. Right. To me, like, again, it's not saying, hey, we found this game. We want to turn it into our own fun game because we think the tiles are pretty. Right. It's not like that. It's like, OK, we want to remain consistent. So anyway, I think that's like the best form uh, that it can come in. I agree. And that'll take us to the second part of our episode. Do you think we get to have a say in cultural appropriation, being Korean American and Chinese American? And Thai American? And Thai American. And not being <laughs> like, like even for me, right? I am Chinese American, but I don't speak Chinese, right? And I'm learning more about the culture as I go on. Do we get to say it, have a say, because we are Chinese-American, Korean-American, Thai-American. 
I think it's in your blood. Like you said, like you are Chinese American, Thai American. Han is Korean American. I am, I am Chinese American. Nobody can take that away from us. And I think to kind of cancel our voice just because perhaps we don't have the same knowledge as a more traditional um, Asian person, or we don't share the same strict experiences as someone from Asia kind of thing would be wrong. We are what we are. It's in our blood. It's in our heritage. So I think, yeah, we should have a voice. Now, is, is that to say that we should contribute to like cancel culture kind of thing? Let's maybe take a step back there and, and kind of recognize who we are. Like I said, we're not super, super deep rooted in our culture. Maybe Han is more than, more than me, maybe Doug, but like, you know what I'm saying, right? Like there, there is a limit. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. So I, Daniel, I'm really happy you said that. And I'll, I'll build off that in a second to, to short, to quickly answer your question, Doug. Absolutely. Yes. We get a say in that because it's still tied to us. It's still part of our culture just because we're born in, in the U S and just because we kind of sit in between being fully Korean, fully Chinese versus fully American. That doesn't invalidate our feelings or our thoughts behind it. This at all period. Right. 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 The, the thing I wanted to build off of is something you mentioned, which is cancel cultures. Now I think that's something that has gotten a little out of hand, right. In recent days of just like someone makes a mistake, they're immediately canceled. I definitely think that there are certain things that maybe can't be forgiven. And I, again, I don't have a, a good example of that off, off the top of my head, but I'll give a, a I think it all comes back to education and understanding and building bridges uh, of empathy, right? I think a really good example of that, Myers Leonard from the Heat, right, recently has been under fire for making anti-Semitic comments in a Twitch stream while playing Call of Duty. That's the most 2020 line I know. sentence I think I could have ever, ever <laughs> said, <laughs> ever. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Edelman from the Patriots, yeah. right? He, he issued a public letter to Myers Leonard basically saying, it wasn't like, hey, like you suck, I hate you, like cancel culture, like you should be fired. His whole thing was like, look, I don't think you did it uh, to be offensive. I think it was maybe more of ignorance. Let me teach you. Let me educate you on my heritage and my culture. Let me invite you to a, a dinner and then you can see, you know, kind of what my culture is all about. And I think that that's, that's really where it comes from, right? I think that there's, I would say, a lot of ignorance in the world. And we meet that, I think, as a society these days, hypersensitively in a way that we cancel, right, people. I think that there has to be a level of which we educate first. Now, if a person's has been educated, um, <laughs> has been brought into that, has had the opportunity to learn that and rejects it and continues to be ignorant. That's a very different situation, right? Yeah. But whereas if you're faced with something you don't understand, if you do something that's offensive, learn from it and change from it, then I think that we shouldn't give people the capacity to do so. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that. But not to take away from, from you, but the reason why I asked this question was like, when I look at myself, right? Yes, I'm Chinese, but I'm not from China. And so I don't really understand like that culture too well. Does that make me less informed to, to make that decision? That's an interesting point. Then it, it kind of falls into the, am I justified? I mean, okay, I'm always justified to feel the way I want to feel, right? Of course. But, you sure. know, like, am I justified enough? For Here's it? my question. Here's my question. I'm bringing it back to the Mahjong example. Were you offended when that came out? Not initially, but then the more I read into it, yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you, so that, that's the thing to me that that's, it's pretty clear for me. I mean, yes, obviously, like you, like you said, you, you'd feel like, you know, not to bring it back to our, our Asian enough episode, but you know, we sometimes don't feel like we're fully Chinese, Korean, Thai, whatever. And we're not fully American. We're kind of just in between. Right. But there are things that are significant enough to our own cultures that we understand it. For example, like Chinese new year, it's 
unequivocally something that's important to Chinese families, whether you're from China or, or Chinese American. Not not always. And again, I'm generalizing here. But in the case of like, for example, you guys, I know for a fact that you both celebrate, you know, Chinese New Year to some degree. Maybe not like all the customs, but you know that it's close to your family, close to your heritage, close to your culture. In the same way, you know, my wife is Chinese, and so for for me too, like I haven't always celebrated Chinese New Year growing up, but now it's an extremely important part of my life because it's something that my you know partner celebrates and is important to her. So I take a genuine interest in you know where it comes from, the traditions, the cultures. And even they don't celebrate everything, right? They don't necessarily like clean the house beforehand and do all that stuff. But I know it's important to them. Now, if I were to take that and say, hey, this would be really cool to do during Chinese New Year, I think it'd be a fun American twist on it. You know, that's a very that's yeah. a different that's to me that's where you start crossing that line. And so for me, kind of bringing back to context is key and it's eye on the beholder as you, as you, as someone like you see someone, especially because it's like, they're not Chinese, right. Taking a part of what is part of your culture, marking it up to make it even more expensive and then changing the, the game from what it's originally from that basically wipes out the entire spirit of it all. And so for me, that really is what ends up becoming that line of like, when you cross all those lines that it becomes cultural appropriation. So to your point of like, do we have a say? Absolutely. Like it's, it's important to you. It's important to your culture. It's important to your, your heritage. So I, I think absolutely you have a say. To answer your original question, do we have a say if we're not strictly knowledgeable in our heritage? Um, and coming back to what Han was saying, right? About how culture needs to exhibit a certain amount of tolerance when people don't know if they're crossing a line when it comes to other people's ethnicity. I think that we also need to exhibit a level of tolerance for ourselves right? Like if you know that you don't know a whole lot about your heritage and you right. feel like you, perhaps that's the reason why you don't have a say, I think that's the opportunity for yourself to be like, all right, mm. like, let me, you know, learn a little bit this. more. Yeah. Learn more about it. Uh, look into why I don't think I have a say kind of thing. And, and just right. you know, kind of like take that, take that chance. I'm not saying you specifically, but what I'm, you know, the core, the core yeah. of what I'm getting at is that if we're going to a lot some tolerance on other people to learn about our culture. We have to, you know, allot that tolerance to ourselves. Right. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And to wrap everything up, based off all this entire conversation and the discussions that we've had, has your viewpoint changed in any way? Or like, would you define cultural appropriation or would you describe cultural appropriation to someone else differently now? Mm. I still, so there's, there's kind of a point that I was doing in, my research for this show, which don't be surprised, it wasn't a lot of research, but one thing that like, I kind of, um, that kind of struck me a little bit was that there is a certain level of cultural appropriation that perhaps humanity or society needs to move forward in order to become exposed to other cultures. Now I'm not saying let's all go make our own mahjong tiles, I guess to keep writing that, that same thing. <laughs> but you know, there, there is a certain level of of like, hey, when you are bringing exposure to another ethnicity and it's like, oh, wow, like maybe that wasn't super known to like the populace kind of thing. And and and, and it helps build those bridges of, of empathy and understanding that, that, you know, Han was alluding to earlier. I think there is a certain level of that that is needed in this world, especially, you know, I mean, America, at least in the last few months over the last year has really shown a really strong intolerance to a lot of cultures. I mean, I'm not saying everyone, but it's just, we've seen it in the news, right? right? And so I think that the only way sometimes that people can move forward is if they do get exposed and get taken out of their comfort zone. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of happy you kind of mentioned that because I was on Reddit <laughs> reading like a AMA on like ex-KKK member. And that, that was <laughs> basically what he said. He was <laughs> just like, 
grow he grew up in a small town not exposed to anything and so like that was just like his way of life but as soon as he left that and started getting exposed to like people of different cultures he he like realized how how wrong it how wrong he was yeah so yeah, I, I do wholeheartedly agree with you i think there there is some sort that like you know that mingling or quote, sure. quote unquote appropriation to kind of like bring exposure out there and that's why like, if people are interested in, in like playing mahjong and that's how they got exposed to it like i'm okay with it if that was if that gave them the exposure i do i don't agree with them as a company and how they you know went, went about, about it. it yeah but if that brings awareness to it and stuff like that then i don't know so yeah, I really like how you structured this to kind of bring it back to like, how would I, would I describe it differently? I don't think I would describe it differently. I think I would add to it. So my initial definition, if I remember right, was something around the lines of like, uh, when you're using it for your own gain, uh, you're not right. honoring where it properly comes from. Those yeah. things I think to me still hold true yeah. with cultural appropriation. I think the only thing that I would change really, or add to, if you will, that definition is in a way that does not Actually, I don't know if I would change. Actually, I don't know if I would change anything. I'm trying to think of like yeah, what, I would, what I would add to it. I mean, to me, I think the spirit of it still stays the same. Where if you're if you're honoring where it comes from, if it makes sense, if you're not doing it in a way that's like trying to bastardize, shift, or otherwise warp the the where it comes from initially, then I think to me that's not cultural appropriation. I think when when you start to like do it for your own gain and change it in a way that no longer honors the original spirit from it. Um, that's when you're kind of crossing that line. I am curious though. I know we never, we never actually went over it, but is there an actual definition for cultural appropriation? In like the, like what, the, 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 like the dictionary. In urbandictionary.com. No, not in urban dictionary. I don't trust <laughs> urban dictionary. I mean like in Webster or in Miriam. Yeah, Miriam Webster. Oxford reference? That works. Oh wait, ca- dictionary.cambridge.org? Yeah, that, that works even better. Cultural appropriation. Noun. The act of taking or using things from a culture that is not your own, especially without showing that you understand or respect this culture. Period. So yeah, I mean, kind of really lines up with what what I was saying, which is like, you're taking something that's not your own and then using it for, for yourself and then not properly honoring where it comes from, right? I mean, I think that to me, that's like the checklist. Is it is it your own? Are you actually honoring where it comes from? Yeah, right. I mean, I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Again, I know we've mentioned this a couple of times, but like, I think sometimes people just need to learn there's, there's just some shit you can't say, or there's just some things you can't do. And like, you just like, I think that's part of almost respecting the culture. Right. I think that like, if it's not your own, why, why do you have to pull from it? Right. I mean, yeah. like if, if there's inspiration or things that you want to mix in with your own culture, I think that's, that's awesome. Right. I think a really good example of that is like Korean uh, tacos. Right. That's something that's <laughs> to me, that's like, that's something that would never happen in Korea. Right. But it's a very to me, that's almost, that's straight up Korean American culture, right? Like we, I grew up on tacos my entire life. I've also grown up on Korean barbecue. So mixing those two together is, doesn't seem in any way cultural appropriation because that's literally part of the culture that I'm from, which is here in the United States, especially in California, right? So you're really honoring both. And so I think that's, that's an example of like, where's it going with this? Does that make sense though? In terms of like, yeah, you're like, you're literally mixing two cultures, which I think is dope, but like, I'm not going to, you know, again, I, and I, I've been guilty in this path. I'm just going to call myself out straight up, right? Like I've definitely said the N-word before, right? I mean, I've definitely said it like while singing lyrics to a song and things like that, but it wasn't until I really like was educated on it and learned that like, I, you know, just that's just a word I can't say. And I have to like, that's, that's just how it is, right? Period. You know, I shouldn't feel entitled to that. I shouldn't feel like I should be able to say that. That's just something I can't touch. 
you know, and you know, that's okay because it's not mine. It's not mine to touch. It's not my culture. And so same thing. Like if, if people want to, you know, draw inspiration from or whatever, from, from Korean culture, like go for it for sure. But then don't try and like turn it into your own. That whole section felt like it was pretty shitty, but I don't know. Dude, I've had so many of those feelings like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck did I just say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like, it's okay. Oh, don't I hope that made sense I in know. a way though. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. To bring it home, we're going to end it on a way lighter rapid fire. Favorite thing about being Chinese, Korean, or, you know, Thai or whatever. Favorite thing? I'll go first. Mine is, mine is the food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. Food is life. I would also have to say food for sure. Korean food is the best. I'm really trying to think of something else that isn't food. Just so it's not the same, but it's like <laughs> I think all it's I can think about is Asian street food. And I'm like, you really can't top that. Yeah. I think it's okay. I guess I, I would too. have to go. I think I'd have to go with food too. All right. Least favorite thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like my least, but also my favorite, but not exactly favorite. Cause I said food, but my least favorite and my favorite thing is taking off shoes in the house. Cause it's like, I hate taking off shoes in the house. Cause it's like, you got to take it off, run in to get what you need, come back out, put it back on. But at the same time, I want my floors clean. So dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What dude, I would, I would definitely take clean floors over having to wear shoes. Yeah. Now. 100%. But it's just like, it's, I, I can see why taking it off is annoying. Did you ever see like anytime I see people in movies where like they, they get into bed with shoes on that like, that's oh my like the number one, Bro, like what no. the fuck? Yeah. People do that. <laughs> I don't know. Listeners. Do you guys do that? Let us know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Least favorite thing. Keeping up appearances. Um, I think that there's a, there's definitely like a pressure in Asian culture specifically to, um, and a lot of comparison that happens, right? I mean, even, especially amongst like aunties, uncles, like, you know, family members, or even like just family friends of just like always comparing. And it's pretty toxic. I think, you know, I think that there's, if there's people dealing with serious issues or things like that, like it's hard to talk about because it's very stifling. So I think that's one thing about Asian culture that is, um, is tough for sure. And, and I, as one of my least favorite things, just cause like you can't, be failing you can't you know be you know things are always twisted in a way that it's it's positive i remember when i got into santa cruz this is becoming a very long rapid fire answer but when i got into santa cruz my dad was like my son got into university of california he technically wasn't lying because it is university of california santa cruz but when you say university of california you're thinking berkeley so i was like yeah ah, well this seems like shady but you know that that's the kind of shit that like i hate yeah i mean i was pretty lucky i didn't really have too much of that but yeah i think my least favorite thing i don't know man even though I had time to think about this, more than you guys did, <laughs> it, really, it was really hard for me to come up with something. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> All right. One thing you look forward to in the future. That's a very broad question. Yeah, I know. Uh, All right, I'll go first on this one. Yeah. Interstellar space travel. I think that would be sick. It's just like, BRB, you're going to grab the bus to go to Mars real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go work at the Mars rock diner destroying <laughs> mars rock destroying plant nice one thing i'm really looking forward to in the future honestly is uh a little broad but having a kick-ass desk setup <laughs> right now i'm kind of in between like a lot of like my mom's furniture and like some of my old furniture and like even back at my dad's place like i never really had my own like station mm-hmm. and i really want like my own kick-ass station that i can be super productive at and also right. like play games at and stuff like that yeah, had a battle station in uh, Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was broad. Yeah, broad. It was broad. It was, it was not that great though. I mean, for one thing, I shared the space, and then yeah. two, like it, all the technology was really outdated. Fair enough. Um, honestly, mine. My, my, I mean, 
damn you COVID for making my expectations so low. The thing I'm looking forward to the most is like doing this thing with you, you guys in person. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Just honestly, just like, I mean, uh, yeah, look at, I look forward to that too, actually. And like just doing this podcast in person instead of doing it all virtually. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Man, mine seems weak now. You <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to be a, a miner on Mars. Anyways. All right. One thing that scares you about the future. Oh shit. I'll go first again. Just yeah. since I had most time. Uh, climate change i yeah, think that's like I was my biggest fear i was gonna yeah. say that too and like yeah Period. enough said <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean honestly i mean it, it's kind of all encompassing but the future i know this kind of sounds very meta but the future of the united states to be honest with you um just like i think this past year has exposed a lot of just like the inefficiencies in our system yeah um everything from you know budgets you know uh, the police force um education in this country uh healthcare lack of um you know caring about climate change um sustainability like it just it doesn't it seems hopeless right and and like i want to believe that it's, it's going to get better and it's going to take people like us in voting and and our representatives in office to make that change but it seems like such a monumental lift so that's yeah. to me something that scares me also is just like you know, I think I'm, I feel very fortunate because I have a job that gives me health insurance, but like, I have plenty of friends who, who don't have mm-hmm. um, like nine to five jobs and they just, they live off of, you know, in fear of like getting injured and like any of that stuff. So anyway, uh, I think just like, honestly, the future of this country, to be honest with you. All right. One piece of advice that helps shape who you are. And then for me, it was, it was, it was funny. Cause I don't know why I asked, cause I never really asked or these types of questions. Right. But I asked him if, if he ever had any regrets. And then he said me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he was straight up like, oh, like, I don't have any regrets because, like, there's nothing you can do about it. And that it was just more, like, lessons. And then that actually really helped me reshape everything. Although that kind of does. I think the least favorite thing that I don't like is that, like, everything's just a little so stiff. Yeah. In Asian culture, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Appearances, bro. It's it's a whole thing. Like people can't talk about their struggles, their being weak or anything like that. It's very stiff. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, something that a piece of advice that helped me shape who I am. Uh, okay. So honestly, it's a really really easy piece of advice. Um, but it's listen. I know it seems like a very like simple thing, but like listening. If you're listening more than you're talking, um, you're you're gonna just understand a lot more because. If you're, if you're listening, you're understanding, right? And, you're, and then you're learning. If you're learning, you can, you can make better decisions. You can, you know, build better relationships. And so I think to like listening to yourself, listening to your significant other, listening to your partner, listening to your, to your you know, clients, whatever it is, right? Listening to people around you can help you understand the people around you, the context you're in, the situation, whatever. So to me, I was always like, I guess to expand that a little bit more, the, the exact advice I get was if you're talking, you're not listening. If you're listening, if you're not listening, you're not learning. I don't really know how to word this, but it's something that I've kind of been wrestling with actually very recently in mental health. And it's just that, um, you know, inner peace comes from within you. It's not a function of what you're wearing, where you are, who you, I mean, there's obviously like a line there. Don't, I don't want to sound too privileged, too entitled. Obviously like there, there is, if you're homeless, just buy a house. Um, right, but, right. <laughs> but like, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a function of what you're wearing, you know, who your friends are or, or, or stuff like that. Like, you really have to think about, you know, where your head's at, right? Um, what your situation is, and what you can do about it in the time. 
All right, and that kind of wraps up this episode. And we just want to let you guys know, based off how, how this conversation went, you know, we are still learning and that we still have a lot to learn. If there is something that you do want to like, let us know and call out and tell us that we are wrong, you know, feel free to, you know, let us know and, and let us, and educate us. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at 3AD Podcast. We know how precious time is these days. So we want to thank you for spending some of your time with us. As you go on into tomorrow, go on unapologetically, go on as a positive force, and most importantly, go on with your bad self.